I'm Zach. And I'm Colin. And, and welcome, welcome to the House Plants Podcast. Thanks for listening this week. We are here to talk about music, media, and the mission of Jesus. Boom. And many more things, lots of other things. And we, um, I guess as an extension of what we do, we like to hear from different parts of the body. So um, we like to hear from you all in that regard as well. So every guest we have on will be another side of that. Yeah. But we're going to go. We ahead also want to hear from you guys on social media. So mm-hmm. hit us up on Facebook, the Twitters. Patreon, definitely. That would be super awesome. If we, we just launched our Patreon yeah. this week. Patreon is a way for you guys to help support us. And I know who are we? Why do we need support? But I will say that all of that support would go into making the podcast better, getting um, better equipment, better music, better content, more guests. Um, and just doing more stuff and just bringing content to you guys more often. So there you go. All right. Yeah. Well, enough about that for now. Do you guys want to join us in worship? We're going to do a song that's not quite done, but we're still working on it. It's part of our um, uh, it's part of our concept album we're going to be writing, uh, bearing if we get some support. And so we just were working on this one literally a few minutes ago. So there you go. it should be interesting. You guys are getting kind of a first look. The exclusive on um, this one. But why don't you tell us just a little bit about how this song is a little bit different? Okay. So, uh, not to, not to bring up our conversation that we had, but, um, I liked that this Psalm, Psalm 88 was Mm. a Psalm that doesn't resolve happily like the rest. It doesn't, uh, the, the all too common theme of Psalms is these bad things are happening, but we know God that you're just going to redeem all of it. And that's fine. But there's a handful of ones that sit with the kind of negative feelings. And so one of the things I believe in is that sometimes God does bring the joy in the morning and sometimes he lets you sit and kind of suffers with you in that. And a lot of bad things happen in this world. There's a lot of evil out there. There's a lot of things that happen for no reason. And and you throw your hands up and ask God what, you know, what, what gives what's happening in my life right now. Yeah. And so I think the Psalm really speaks to the people who, need to question you know all the bad things going on and and how that feels to sit with that so yeah we've talked about before how the psalms kind of bring you through the full emotions of humanity and so this is one of those times where um hopefully it's comfort to somebody who's in that kind of dark night of the soul kind of thing i just think uh it's it's nice to have a person in the scripture that you're like, wow, I can actually relate to the way this mm-hmm. person's feeling. For sure. All right, so let's give it a go. What do you say? All right, this is Psalm 88. Okay.
Good job Amen. on that one. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> nice. There you go. Some dark night of the soul, some Saturday <laughs> worship. And I that mean, you guys will see how that will become pertinent to our discussion in just a second. I mean, we've uh, got we've got um so many reasons to be joyful uh, and and in the Ecclesiastes which we've talked about quite a bit lately. I think you are studying it and also I'm doing it as a part of my church group. Yeah, how about but, that? But um uh, we actually we just finished Ecclesiastes, very very nice. good book. Um, but he he often talks about finding joy in your turmoil and your in your trials, and um, and I find that to be kind of tough sometimes because sometimes you want to just sit with it and stew. And I know that's not great, yeah. but grief is a process. Like you lose somebody, you have issues, and you know there you go. So Zach, you cool want to pray for us? Yeah, let's pray, and then okay. I have a surprise for you. So you want to pray first or surprise? Let's pray first. Okay. Okay. Um, Father, we just thank you so much that your word has um, given us something to um, usher and to guide us through um, the depths of our despair as well as the heights of our joy. Um, We thank you so much that you shepherd our souls uh, through all of it. And um, I just pray, Lord, that you would draw our attention to um, what we need. Um, and as we look at your word and look at how, um, some of the traditions of the church formed this week, Lord, that, um, you would just give us exactly what we need, uh, to become aware of where we've been complacent and to, um, become aware of, um, the different things that we need from you, even if we aren't aware already, uh, that we need them. So Lord, I just pray that you would make that apparent to us, um, and we thank you for all that you do. It's in your son's holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so Good if prayer. you look if you look behind you, oh boy, um, there's a cardboard box. All right, well hold on. Let me uh let me move my guitar. One okay. second. Yeah, that <laughs> I need more guitar stands. Even though I have a seven guitar stand and like two okay. solo ones. Behind me. Behind okay. me. Yeah, behind you. Oh snap, what is this? Okay, so Somebody that somebody that knows you very well sent us this. Sent us this? Yes. 
the podcast? Yeah, this is this is our first, I guess, fan mail. You could call it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> who is who sent this? Um, I collaborated with your mom. Oh Patricia. my gosh! So shout out to Patricia up in Michigan. Oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> what do you have there for our listeners? Oh my goodness, we have a House Plants podcast T-shirt. Yeah. Dude, let me open one up before you take the picture, because I can't see the full logo. She sent us, um, there's two different ones, there's two designs, so there's like one for you, one for Jessica, and one for me, and one for Karen. Oh my goodness, I like uh, your guitar that's on there. (laughs) She made that and like, made it on like Cafe Press. Oh my gosh, (laughs) boom. Yeah. Dude, that's sick. It's a t-shirt. You guys have been talking? You and my yeah. mom have been talking? Yeah, she texted me with, it, with the idea. And she was like, make sure it's a surprise. I'm like, I'll not only surprise him, I'll surprise him on the podcast. Oh my gosh. Mom, I love you. You're awesome. <laughs> she did a great job. And we were talking about um, making those available eventually for listeners. That would you, can, be- you can set that up on like either Zazzle or Cafe Press. So we're going to decide like which one's the best <laughs> one and make it. That's so cool. Yeah. So I'll is, post I'll post a picture for you cool. guys on our social media and you can check it out. Oh my gosh! Thank T-shirts you, coming Zach soon. and Mom. <laughs> Dude, we're already like ha- we already have merch. Merch. <laughs> That's silly. Okay, is it selling like a god church? Oh my gosh! No, don't say that. We'll get uh, <laughs> copy striked or whatever by uh, Logan Paul or uh, Jake Paul. Yeah, I can't remember who. They are that. probably powerful enough to make us disappear off the face of the earth. <laughs> It's like a human looking down at like a uh, an aphid on a leaf, and they're just like, "Should I flick him or not?" <laughs> you podcasters are like a virus. <laughs> are we doing uh, the, the matrix, matrix now? Yes. <laughs> There's only one other organism that performs like this: a virus. Yep. I like how cool. he uh, articulates each word and like is just a little too long and you're like, all right, let's get on with it. And he's like, yeah, you are a play. That guy, yeah. Hugo Weaving, yeah. he always is perfect at like not at playing not a human because <laughs> he's always <laughs> either like a robot or an elf. He, or feels, an he feels that way. He's V for Vendetta guy, right? Isn't he? Oh, that's true. Yeah. So the funny thing about he's v got for a mask Vendetta, on most of them <laughs> and he's been like burned to death. So it's funny is that like. He can be that weird kooky guy because if he ever was just in a romantic comedy where he's just like a 50 something like no whatever guy, <laughs> he'd be like, yes, um, come join me on the couch. Hugo Weaving and Sandra Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, uh, just I, I just don't know if I'm really into popcorn. <laughs> well, then I'll have it all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Call it call it a. Uh, um, Awkward moments of love, and it'll come this summer to a theater near you. Heck yeah. Okay. All right. So, so this week we're talking about something kind of abstract. It might be something that some of our listeners don't really know that much about. And honestly, um, I didn't really know that much about it myself until recently. Okay. Um, Did a little research. Yeah. It's a season of the church that is coming up upon us, and it is called Lent. So um, I want to kind of... I guess we're going to talk about, yeah, so we're going to talk about our kind of our experiences or maybe even non-experiences with it. Isn't there a musical called Lent? Yes. (laughs) Seasons of 
land. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was a weird reference I just made. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so, so what is it, what is it meant to us? And then, um, maybe where has the church, um, maybe misunderstood this and maybe we could bring, shed a light a little bit more on it for some people that, um, could really actually use this ancient practice. Sure. Yeah. So I kind of want to know what your experience has been because you were Catholic when you were little. Yeah. So I, I was kinda, my dad. Yeah. Uh, was a, was a part of the Catholic church. Um, uh, like a, I don't want to say a usher. That sounds like the wrong word, but he was a guy who would uh, come to the church and do stuff like put away chairs and that kind of thing. And, uh, his dad, see my whole dad's side of the family is very Irish. I'm like second generation from Ireland and, uh, they were very Irish Catholic. Yeah. And because of that, they, uh, yeah, Lent was a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My mom's side of the family is Catholic yeah. too, but they're from Poland. So mm-hmm. they have another fancy tradition, which nobody knows about. I thought it was more of a regular thing like Lent, but yeah. it's called Valia and it's where you like, uh, break, like ceremonial bread with people and then like wish them something for the year and things oh, wow. like that. It's very cool. That's interesting. Yeah. You should look that one up sometime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never heard about that. So did you guys ever do um, like a fast when you were little? Like did your dad ever like fast from something for 40 days that we- you remember? Weirdly enough, I feel like in my experience with Lint, the fasting part was not as like pushed as I remember. Yeah. Being. Yeah. In the Catholic church, um, I think that they talk about fasting, but that was never a thing that my family was involved yeah, with or anything. Yeah. But um, I remember the Catholic church we went to, uh, I think it might still be standing. It's called St. Peter's Catholic Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. And I believe that they were always like dressed up in like fancy yeah. robes. But in but in the time of Lent, they had like more sacraments and things yeah. around. And they had like more people dressed up fancy and they had more like ceremonial things. But the weird thing about Catholic church for me was that it was so routine that like every church service had the same song, you know, in excelsis Deo or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> it's weird because I would hear that one even when it wasn't Christmas time. And so uh, there were things like that. So mm-hmm. when things like Lent happened, it was the only time things were like different in the church. Yeah. Where they would have like more ceremony stuff. Yeah. Was there a lot of purple? There's a lot of purple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're purple right. Purple everywhere. Yeah. yeah. They had those, um, like those long, um, the stole things. Yeah. yeah. The stoles. Yeah. What about you? What's yeah. your experience? Okay. With so like when I was little, I don't think I had ever even heard of it, uh, because yeah. we, we were kind of priesters, um, or we were, um, like somewhat, um, orbital around the church. So yeah. we, we might've been there depending on the year it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I went to Eastern for college, there were some friends of mine who were Catholic. And so then yeah. I kind of associated Lent with, um, fish mm. <laughs> because that was the thing. Yeah. Um, the Catholic churches will do like, um, we'll do like a fish fry because people will give up meat for Lent. And then every Friday they can have fish. Right. I think. Oh, okay. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, it w- I guess it wasn't until I got involved in more of the Methodist church and then going to seminary that I learned a little bit about like the reasons why. Sure. Um, I had known that there were some people that, um, would like pick something and fast from it. So like people would fast from like chocolate or yeah. something like that for 40 days. Um, but I don't, I don't think I really understand. I think I'm still gripping the significance of it and, 
when you kind of think about it, it's like relation to the story of Jesus. It's actually kind of amazing. Right. And I don't know why more people don't frame it that way, I guess. Well, we, um, we're, <laughs> I hate to throw, you know, the judgment on anybody because I'm guilty of this too, but I think we're in a, a time and culture where people aren't ready to like sacrifice hardly like anything. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a bad mentality, but it's kind of one of those things like, Oh, you know, it's just a tradition. I don't really need yeah. to, but you know, fasting was such like a big part of the scripture is a big part of the scripture. Yeah. But I meant like was as in like old Testament fasting and all that. But um, there is new Testament fasting as well. It's, it's, it's weird because you can, as a, a Christian, even you can look at it and say like, Oh, that's just one of those traditions from the past. Yeah. But it's not just a tradition from the past. I'm sure you're going to tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's become for us in today's culture, I think is just something that leads up to Easter. And it's just something that you do because it's a tradition. Mm. And I think, um, if you stop to think about, um, what it means and where it comes from and kind of what your focus is supposed to be. I think you can kind of reorient Lent maybe back to what the ancient understanding might've been. And I think that it can be, um, something really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I read this book for a class, um, called calendar by Lawrence Stuckey. Okay. And the chapter on Lent, he said, um, the image of Lent is like an eclipse. And so it has these two foci where like you're, you've got our sinfulness and then you've got the possibility of new life that Mm -hmm. comes through Christ. And that's the second part of that is related to Easter. So that comes towards the end of Lent. So I guess the image of the eclipse is kind of helpful to see how, um, the, our sinfulness moves out of the way and the sun finally shines through. Right. And, um, I actually got to see the 2017 eclipse. Oh yeah. Yeah. We went out to Hopkinsville and, um, I found like this material that was, um, supposed to like protect your camera from UV rays. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I got like a sheet of it. Yeah. So they had these filters on Amazon for like, um, I don't know, 80 to a hundred dollars that like fit Mm -hmm. your, um, lens, but, you could just buy a sheet of it for like four bucks. Right. So I sprung for that and I took a Mason jar. I cut out some of the material, fit it around like a Mason jar lid mm-hmm. and then stuck it on the lens and it fit. <laughs> hey, there you and go. I was like, there you go. Four dollars. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I got some not that great footage because I didn't really know what I was doing. Right. <laughs> but it was super cool to like look through the LCD of that camera and see like the sun totally get blocked out and then right. it moved away. It's pretty neat. Um, yeah. I remember when I was a kid, they, uh, <laughs> they used to be like, don't look up at the sun. And I would, you know, kid yeah. would just do it just to, <laughs> Oh, it doesn't even hurt. See, I did it. <laughs> How long can you do it? Yeah. I dare you to do it for 30 seconds. So the equivalent of that for me was yeah. when, they, when it happened, we were at work and they let people go out and do stuff. And so yeah. I just kept the phone in front of my eyes yeah. So I just turn on the camera and then put yeah. it up to block the sun with the phone in my yeah. view. <laughs> they had those glasses too. Yeah. Yeah. There it was go. almost like 3d glasses, but yeah, I don't know. So what, what do you think that image says to you? Um, as far as like Christ's holiness and new life kind of coming into focus as the Lent season draws on. So you're saying what, what's the significance of the eclipse? Yeah. 
See, what I, do you think about that? I mean, if we're if and, and let me just ask before I answer who who originally made that um, imagery is uh, an author named Lawrence H. Stuckey. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. From his book. OK, yeah. so I guess I would say it sounds like what he's trying to convey is that there's like darkness before like. Yeah. The, yeah. the good bright times. Yeah. There's like a season of darkness. Yeah. Um, now. For me, when I think about fasting, especially fasting for 40 days, it would be a pretty dark time. Yeah, <laughs> it could be, especially if you're no fasting, soda, if you're fasting from soda or caffeine right, or. Yeah. yeah, no, I just uh, no, But like in a more real sense, I guess what I mean is um, it's reflect. It's a reflective time. Yeah. And um, it's a period that won't last forever, but it's. A, yeah, but it's a break from. Yeah. something. I guess that's as much as I can derive from that. But yeah, I think it's that's kind of why I um, pushed us to do Psalm 88 as our song, um, because okay. I think the relationship there is that the Psalms and many other p- points in Scripture um, let you kind of sit in that dark time. Sure. Before, you know, before the message of resurrection comes, um, you know, it's. I've used the term Saturday worship kind of meaning like if Jesus rises on resurrection Sunday, you've got mm. good Friday and you've got that Saturday time in between. Um, it's not meant to last forever, but it's there to kind of sit with the, uh, with the negative emotions and the loss yeah, and to kind of recognize that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, um, I think that if we can bring Lent more into that focus, I think it might be more meaningful to a lot of people more so than just like, oh, I'm supposed to be disciplined and uh, whip myself up into shape and, um, you know, exercise regularly and not eat chocolate for 40 days. <laughs> sure. You're, you're saying that the it's more important to understand why and like take yeah. it seriously than to just do it as a practice. Yeah. It's reflective. Mm-hmm. It is. And I think, you know, um, there's a lot of reasons why people fast. Um, but I think that the main one that I hear for most people is like, to you deny yourself something so that you can focus on Christ. Right. You know, it's a distraction that you're removing. Um, but I think that also, I, I think that that's really good. Um, but I think for me, I also like to kind of recognize like the, the limits and the, I guess, sinfulness of my own humanity, you know? And so we still kind of exist with this, um, even post resurrection, you know, we still got this world where, um, there's like dark bits that we still have to deal with, you know, mm. and I think Lent is a good time to kind of focus and, and even celebrate that like something new is coming because the darkness it stands in such contrast to it. Well, I, I know we're about to get into some, some more about that and yeah. maybe talk a little bit about Jesus in the 40 days, mm-hmm. but I'll just tag on what you said there about darkness. I mean, that's a very dark time for Jesus. Yeah. You know, when yeah. it goes out in the wilderness. So, We'll get in on that. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, we could move into that now. I mean, we don't have to, I'm just, I'm saying like, just to your point there was that it's a dark time and it's, um, in the example of Jesus, it is a very dark time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, 40 days. So we talked about it being Mm -hmm. something that, uh, isn't supposed to last forever. Right. Um, what do you think about the, the take in the gospels where Jesus is tempted for 40 okay. days. So I'm going to borrow your Bible. 
I'm going to okay. go grab a Bible really quick. Yeah. So hold on, viewers or listeners. Viewers. <laughs> viewers like you need to yeah. listen. There's a, yeah, that NIV right there is good. I'll just take that one. <laughs> Don't trip over the t-shirts and merch. <laughs> Some people like um, to use their phone or a tablet and, you know, that's fine. I'm, I'm more of a flip through the Bible kind of guy. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to just go through each gospel. Now, some people argue that John has, Oh, heck yeah. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh my gosh. What is happening right now? All right. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> he set his Bible on the Yamaha oh accompaniment. I have to make that a thing. Yeah. Maybe every time, like uh, we make a faux pas, I'll make that like a thing. <laughs> okay, so um, it, in every gospel, there is reference to it, but really, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are the only Bible uh, books, the, the only three gospels that really John skips that one. Yeah. Talk about it, but yeah. in John, there is quite a bit about. Um, what I would call the um, imagery of the 40 days, even if it's not talking about Jesus. Yeah. There's like a part with him jumping from a high height and, you know, the being uh, the leader of all the nations and, and things like that. So, all right, I'll start with Matthew. Let's see here. It's going to be Matthew 4, 1. So okay. here we go. In Matthew, which I guess Matthew gives like the like one of the more lengthy descriptions. It says, yeah. then Jesus was led by the spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Now, I want you guys to kind of remember that it says be, he was led by the spirit because that's important. Mm, that is important. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Yeah, I would be. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be thin because, you know, that's too many years of chub put on me, but I would feel very hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself off, uh, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Now, I want to, for everybody listening, I think it's interesting that they're quoting scriptures, mm -hmm. but there is yeah. no Bible at this time. And so they're literally just quoting like old scroll scriptures. Yeah, he's yeah. saying like, hmm, Deuteronomy. The writings. They had, they had the books separate, yeah. but yeah. So then Jesus answers... It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to the very high, to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the, uh, and their splendor. All this will, I will give you. He said, if you will bow down and worship me, Jesus mm -hmm. said to him away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord, your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. So what's interesting we'll talk about Matthew first is that, you know, we, we know about all these temptations, but we also have to understand yeah. that it, he, he had fasted for 40 days and then the devil showed up and that's like brutal. You're like, all right, yeah. the fast's yeah. over. And he's like, Nope. <laughs> it's like, I now mean, it's just beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And and he says, tell the stones to become bread. At that point, I would want bread really bad. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I would crave that bread because it's, uh, you know, the carbs. You know, there was another famous person that said, I will make you the Lord of all the nations. If you will only bow to me, <laughs> you know, kneeling down, it gives me a crick in my knee. So it kneeling will be difficult. That was basically, you know, Jesus uh, disguised. That was history. G- Gerard yeah. Butler. I remember when uh, Jesus <laughs> led 300 soldiers at Thermopylae. <laughs> that day he didn't throw his sword down. <laughs> That's in the Bible. <laughs> okay, here we go. Luke chapter four, same deal, four verses one. Um, and I, I will say a lot of people say that Matthew and Luke kind of have this duality where like they're kind of on the same page in a lot of regards. Mm-hmm. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit... Ooh, a little different in this one. Returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days and at the end of them was hungry. Then the devil said, if you're the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, and so on and so forth. We we know this story. But the thing I want to convey is that he was led by the Spirit the devil came and tempted him and he had not eaten anything and he still refused to eat because the devil was trying to trick him. Yeah. And then, um, uh, it's almost a verbatim word for word. Uh, but he says, I'll give you the authority, um, all over the world of the different kingdoms. Um, I'll, you know, jump from the, the top of the thing. And then in, uh, Mark one, we'll go back one to Mark says I'm sorry for everybody who thinks that I'm taking too long but it says here Mark 1 12 and 13 let's get there it says at once the spirit sent him out into the desert spirit again and he was in the desert for 40 days being tempted by Satan he was with the wild animals and angels attended him that's really all we get from Mark but I love the vagueness of Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, he's very vague. But what, um, but what I think is interesting, and if we're talking about the importance of that concerning Lent, is that um, Jesus knew what he was getting into. So yeah. he, he, it says he's led by the Spirit, and I want to talk mm-hmm. more about that. I'm sure you do as well. But, yeah. Um, I think the fact that he is led by the Spirit and he is Jesus, which is... And remember what this comes right after. Yeah. In... Um, in all the gospels that have this story, it's immediately after the baptism. Right. And so in my opinion now, um, I'm not a great, um, theologian or scholar when it comes to the scripture, but so I can only give what I feel like uh, God is interpreting with that. But, um, what I feel like it's saying is that Jesus knew what he was getting into and it was kind of his like trial yeah. In a lot of ways to prepare him for mm. his like bigger part of his mm. ministry. So um, the 40 days of fasting is kind of like yeah. his big preparation. And then like the devil immediately is there like, hey, I'm going to like trip you up before things really get too serious. Yeah. So in terms of Lent, I think it's a big deal because it has significance over us when we prepare for Easter, which is. And I think that's why it's 40 days yeah. because it's uh, emulating that story. I want to talk about 40 for a second. Do it. Um, so I know I found, it's a significant number. Yeah. So I found this in um, the Dictionary of Biblical Imagery. 
Okay. It actually has a um, entry for 40 yeah. as an image. So I'm just going to read the first part and then the last part okay. of this. But So it says, The period of 40 days or years is an important one in Scripture and in Jewish tradition. As the church fathers observed, it is most often associated with hardship, affliction, and punishment. And they're quoting like Augustine. Um, the flood of judgment in Noah's day lasts 40 days. So does the fasting of Moses and Elijah. Yep. The generation in the wilderness, um, 40 years post post Exodus, they're wandering in the desert for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it kind of goes on to talk about, you know, 40 is not often a, um, completely accurate number because they didn't really value like mathematical accuracy. Yeah. So 40 days or 40 years is really just kind of meant to, um, clue you into, it was a significant amount of time, but not forever. Right. You know, it's kind of like when they say weeks and stuff like that. Yeah. Occasionally. So here's, here's where it talks about Matthew. Mm-hmm. It says in Matthew four two, Jesus experience of 40 days and 40 nights recapitulates Israel's 40 years in the wilderness. Like Israel, he is tempted by hunger, like in Exodus 16. Yep. He's tempted to put God to the test, like in the next chapter, Exodus 17. And then he's tempted to idolatry, in ex- like in Exodus 32. Furthermore, in his, in his answers to Satan, Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy 6.13, 16, and 8.3, which are texts about Israel's wilderness experience. So I find that really interesting because... Satan is trying to tempt him with the same things that Israel was tempted by in the desert. And then Jesus answers with scripture related to that time. So he's like saying, I know what you're doing. (laughs) Mm. Most commentators beginning with Irenaeus also find a deliberate allusion to the lengthy fasts of Moses and Elijah. These two last 40 days and 40 nights. I see a lot of, it's all kind of a lot of parallels. It's just coincidence though, right? (laughs) (laughs) Anytime there's a lining up of anything in the scripture, it's purely coincidental apparently. (laughs) No. So, um, so, okay. So we know about 40 being a significant number. Yeah. What does that mean, Zach? Well, it, it's kind of going back to what we were talking about before the, the wilderness time that we're talking about or the, um, the time of depression, the dark night of the soul, it has a marked out ending. Sure. And then the 40 kind of ties together. Um, what Jesus is going through is similar to what the nation of Israel had experienced, mm-hmm. similar to what Moses and Elijah did when they were fasting. Um, it ties it all kind of together. Um, just kind of in this, like, you know, time is important to us, even though we don't like recognize it. Yeah. You know, it's important, I think, for the Christian to realize that um, I'm connected to the past. You know, God had these mighty deeds back in history, and that is connected to us through what Jesus did. Yeah. Um, but we're also connected to God right now in the present, and we look for a coming in the future. So it's all together. I like it. Yeah. Would it be surprising for you to, to know something I looked up? Um, an eclipse? Like yeah. a solar eclipse yeah, happens every 40 months. No way. And takes 40 minutes to go across the, uh, the sun. Huh. 
I'm just kidding. I didn't, that's not true. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy if that was true? Man, <laughs> I was buying it. Hook, line, <laughs> I'm <sink> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah. teasing. Yeah. Somebody look up would be how sick. long an eclipse takes to, to recycle, <laughs> and then we'll know. <laughs> I do remember one time Jake gave a message, and he was talking about um, people say that the like the way that the Earth in mm-hmm. relation to the scientific calendar, like how long, how, how like old it is. Oh, he was talking about like seven days. He was talking about relativity. The, like the first human yeah. being and the first animals is like seven days on the calendar. Right. Yeah. Um, they looked back and they accounted for the speed that the universe is expanding. Yeah. And if you know, like the theory of relativity, um, the length of time that something takes is relative to how fast you're moving. Right. Which is why like in planet of the apes, or Star Trek four, they can like whip around the yeah. sun and then like go back in time. Superman as well. Superman. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he can just do it without a spaceship. <laughs> whatever, whatever he feels like. <laughs> just go back in time. What kind of, um, what kind of responsibility, <laughs> like a big weight on your shoulders? Yeah. Like, you know what? This uh, crazy thing just happened. I might as well just roll back the clock and try and save the day. Uh, but anyway, yeah. the, so the entire relative like length of the universe is actually something close to seven days. Yeah. If you count for how fast it's expanding, like if you were to stand outside the universe and observe it. So that was a pretty interesting. I wasn't trying to go mind blowing thing. Yeah. I wasn't trying to go too far off the beat. I guess what I was trying to reiterate is that, um, there is a reason why time syncs up the way it does in the scripture. And it's, it's because of the relation the Old Testament, the New Testament, and everything like the um, covenant God has with with us is, and and, yeah. and that's why it's important for us to keep that covenant by um, by practicing uh, in the same length of time. I feel like, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So the other aspect about uh, this story and about Lent that I think is good to talk about is it says that Jesus was led by the Spirit. Yeah. I think that's something that um, we could kind of miss if we're not paying attention to it. But I think there's a there's a message of um, the Trinity being involved right. in that. Right. Um, which seems like it might be not that important of a thing, um, but it is because um, we recognize that Jesus didn't complete his mission by himself. Right. Well, like yeah. like we were talking about a few days ago um we were saying, well, I was saying led by the spirit significant because Jesus is, is there being led by the spirit. Uh And so somebody who may not understand the way the Trinity works might be like, wait a minute, Jesus is leading himself into the desert. Or, you know, what about the baptism that happens before that? Where, you know, he's, he's baptized, he's baptized in submission to the father. Right. Um, what does he say? He says like, uh, it, it, you know, this is my, this is my son who who I love. Well well pleased. Yeah. And so what's interesting is that he's doing, he's doing all of this for, for the people, but also for his father in heaven. Yeah. Being led by the spirit. He, a man. So the three parts of the Trinity are constantly involved in all that he does. Yeah. And like, uh, like what I was saying is like Lent being a tradition or a, Inferment, in, in something yeah. that's inferred from the Bible, yeah. uh, just like the Trinity. It's there's never the word Trinity in there, but we in, but we understand yeah. that the, that's the language that they're 
they're suggesting. That was a word that we came up with to right. describe what was happening. But And so I feel like the, the spirit of Lent is just as significant in that regard. And it involves yeah. all parts of what God is, that entire tradition of doing that. Yeah. And I think that if we lose that, that could mean some... Uh, that could be detrimental to our view of it as well, because I think if we if we feel like Jesus is just out on his own in the desert, maybe we might feel like we're just kind of out on our own in the desert. Right. You know, I'm called to be like Jesus. He went out totally alone and did it himself. So I got to triumph, too, mm-hmm. just like Jesus did. Well, Jesus did triumph, but it was because he was led by the spirit. It was because he was obeying the father, you know, and so we we kind of have that relationship too. We are invited into what Jesus was doing and what he was doing is a Trinitarian kind of work. Right. And so we're not, we're not in that alone either. We're part of that community, you know? I mean, the very act of, of fasting, if you're Jesus is, is experiencing humanity in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because you are a human being who is hungry. He literally, it says in the scripture and like, oh, I, uh, I think uh, all three, that we read that he's hungry. And what's interesting about that is that that's like a human condition. Yeah. And so when you look at it and you say, Jesus, the human being being led by the Holy spirit to serve the father. Yeah. It, if somebody doesn't understand that that is all God, then yeah. it doesn't really make sense unless you kind of think of it in a larger way. But um, the fact that he allowed himself to be hungry yeah. Wandering in the desert and, and get to like such a, like a low point. I mean, if Jesus Christ can do that, if he can, if he can be the human being with us, then why can't we fast for 40 days? <laughs> like, I mean, it's, yeah. it's like your, um, <laughs> it's like your, your karate teacher, uh, <laughs> lets you hit a punching bag and then eventually is like, you know what? here and like gets down on his knees and lets you like kick and punch him for a while. <laughs> it's like, I, w- I want to see how this feels. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to know that I'm here doing this with you. Yeah. And, and I think we know that we know, um, like we should practice obedience in a lot of ways. And I think that a lot of Christians probably view, um, Lent as like a time to kind of practice that for a while. Right. Um, but, and I think that's a good thing, but I kind of want to suggest that like maybe a fuller picture to understand what's going on if we're trying to do that as a practice is um, maybe we're being called to join in with what Jesus is doing by emptying himself. Sure. You know, like it talks about in uh, Philippians two, six through 11, that whole thing where he had equality with God, but he didn't consider it something to be grasped. Instead, he emptied himself and came down and was obedient to God. And he, gave everything for us because of that God lifted him up. Um, I think we're invited to participate in that work by trying to kind of empty ourselves out, ask God to make us aware of the things that we're being filled with that we don't need to be. Right. Did we, did we talk about preparation? Yeah, I don't think so. Zach, let me, let me flip the table here. I'm asking questions now. Yeah. So we've talked about, the importance of first holding on to something from the scripture and, and, and the importance of the time allotted that you in sacrifice. Uh And we've talked about Jesus, the literal act of going out in the desert. So we've covered those things. 
Now let's talk about the other aspect of Lent, which is the preparation leading to Easter, which yeah. is to, to celebrate Jesus. The resurrection. The resurrection. Yeah. And so let me ask you, why is Lent, what is so important about the idea of preparing? Yeah. Like what, what is, what is Lent, uh, representing in that regard? Yeah. Um, Man, so I think there's a lot of a lot of reasons why it could be significant for preparing for Easter. Um, but to me personally, um, the impact that it has, or I guess that I want it to have, would be in sort of that emptying that we're talking about, and yeah. emptying, and then a recognition of how empty we are without Christ. And so then, when we get to kind of celebrate Him walking out of the grave. You know, and that power being within us, like Paul says, um, I think that that's a that's a really cool call for celebration. Sure. Um, after we get to that point, um, but you have to go through Friday and Saturday to get to Sunday. You know, good, good Friday. Yeah. Is it a good Friday that you have to get through? Or? Yeah, I don't know why they call it good. <laughs> I always got confused by Monday Thursday. <laughs> I was like two days. Is it I two different yeah. days? <laughs> I didn't know about that until I came to our both of our former church. Yeah, because they Monday. they actually did a service for it, and I think the pastor explained what it was once. And mm-hmm. it's when Jesus um, instituted um, the Lord's Supper, and right. Mon it's Monday is like from Latin like word for like a mandate. So it's not Monday. No. <laughs> what they're saying is it's Monday through Thursday. These things yeah. happen. Let's celebrate that. Yeah. <laughs> and then Good Friday. That's uh, when our Christian based coffee shop is open is Monday through Thursday because we got to be closed. See, my whole thing was like, OK, there's Ash Wednesday. There's yeah. Monday, Thursday. So yeah. Monday and Thursday, there's Ash Wednesday, Good Friday. And so I'm like, what, what happened on Tuesday? What's the deal with that? That's the only one not accounted for. Yeah, well, it's, no, but it's Saturday, Day, Tuesday. Have you not heard of this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, so, yeah, uh, preparation. Um, I would also add a little something. Now, again, we have, uh, we have a lot of scripture, but um, preparation in terms of of emptying yourself, like you, like you had said, when you get to a pivotal point of connecting with God, I think it's important to prepare, especially like, for example, um, when you have family over for like Christmas dinner, Uh there's a lot of prep that goes into it. And it's not just, it's not just putting food on the table. It's like cleaning the house and things like that. Yeah. And so when we want to be reverent as the people of God, I think it's important to prepare like yeah. for significant moments when Jesus is connecting with us. And so if we come to Easter with hangups about whatever, mm-hmm. then we haven't really done a good job of celebrating him if we're like tied up with things. And, and we haven't asked like, what's the stuff in our soul that we need to deal with sure. before we can get to this point. And so part of fasting too is like, uh, in, in, not just with Jesus and fasting for 40 days, but throughout the scripture, um, there's, there's people fasting for different reasons, but a lot of, a lot of it is part of a, like 
maybe Ebenezer is the wrong word. But uh, when you when you like give something to God, yeah, you're giving him like that time. But you're also like sitting with God and like reflecting and preparing to like receive God. And yeah. so in the same way that Jesus is preparing to do his ministry, I think leading up to Easter, it's a good idea in Lent. Lent should promote the idea of preparing to to receive Jesus's resurrection yeah. fully that it's like a sacrifice of love on our part. Yeah. Yeah. We do it because we love God, hopefully, not because we feel like we're pressured to or right. Or we feel like we'll get something out of it like uh losing weight or something. <laughs> well, like uh, do, I, I, yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, guess what I'm doing for Lent? God's going to love how I look in 40 days. I'm going to get rid of this muffin top. Doing the Daniel fast. <laughs> So um, I had this one scripture I thought was interesting. That's just another aspect of fasting, yeah. and it's from Joel. So let me let me grab that because we're about to do, I believe, Joel in my my Bible. Oh, well, sweet! It's in, in our church basically, but it's one of those. Uh, what do they call those? The minor prophets? Is that what they call that? Yes. So let me get to Joel really quick. I think it's right after Hosea. My voice sounded digital just then, but it was just me. Having digital a dancing. Wow, this is fun. <laughs> so in Joel, it says, uh, like the subtitle is Rend Your Heart. Um, and it says, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all of your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Mm-hmm. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. And so um, it's like, uh, rend your heart. Um, What do you think that means, Zach? Rend your heart. Give your heart. (laughs) Change, like uh, bring your heart to this place where it's like ready and like prepared to give up. I think is what it's trying to get at. Like, I like that because it's, he says, return to me with all of your heart in the end. Yeah. And with fasting and weeping and mourning. Yeah. And what's funny is that all those things are together, fasting, weeping and mourning. Yeah. And like you discussed this darkness, um, it's almost like we're offering up that time. Like, yeah. to, To God and saying, Here's this. Here's this kind of depressing recognition of our state, <laughs> of the way that right. we things are without you, but we're offering it up to you to do something great with it. Pretty cool. By shining through. And, you know, that what that teaches us in our soul, I think, is that we depend on God and it's not based on our own effort. So Psalm 73, 26 says, though my heart and f- my flesh may fail, God is the rock of my heart, my portion forever. Boom. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Enough said. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So we kind of talked about the impact that uh, we thought that Lent should have. Real quick, just for fun, um, I thought it might be interesting to talk about some things that if you were like a worship planner mm. or if you were a worship leader, mm-hmm. what might be some things that we could bring this theme um Lent and all the things that go into it for a service that's during the time of Lent. Like how could we bring that to people's attention? So if the idea of Lent, 
See, now I would like to, I'd like to answer that, but I wonder if, uh, so much tradition is involved now that we like lose the spirit of what yeah. Lent is. Yeah. And so I would say that it would be more important instead of just like hanging on tradition than to like just do a thing, a few of the things we talked about, like what's a sacrificial thing you can yeah. give up. Yeah. And I know that that represents fasting, but, um, I would almost say that like, I know this sounds weird, but I would almost make like a time during like a end of a set, like a worship set. Yeah. Where there's not as much singing or maybe the singing is in the background and people can come like get on their knees at the, the foot of the altar and like declare what they're going to like give up. Yeah. And like ask God to make you aware of what you should give up even. And then like, yeah. And then like ask him to like prepare your heart for that. Yeah. Time. Yeah. So like the problem is that I feel like when I've heard from other people that talk about Lent, they're like, Hmm, I don't know. I guess I'll give up like soda or something. Yeah. And it's like, that's not the point, right? Yeah. So if you come to God and you say like, what's something I need to like, it's about rending your heart. It's about rending your heart. Exactly. Yeah. And so like, what's this, what's this time gonna mean for me and yeah. what do i need to like lay down for a while so i'm yeah. not distracted and i can prepare that's a really good idea so like a whole like a a um submitting time yeah to hear from god yeah. in that moment and then yeah. once he gives you that task you'll feel like more free to give your sacrifice yeah. once you hear from him on it because what's what's the point of just giving up something you don't really care about you know, yeah. something that's easy is not really a sacrifice. Yeah. Like if I say, oh, well, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, you can have this jacket. I spilled a big uh, barbecue stain on it, so I don't really wear it that much. So you me and my wife hate pickles. So if we're going to give up pickles for Lent, done. Right. We never we, <laughs> we only buy pickles once a month, so we'll just not buy it this month. You know, it's like that's not really much of a sacrifice. But if you go to the altar and you, you know, during like a time, you know what I mean? Like sometimes in, in churches, they'll have like a time where they invite people to come. And, and be like one on one with the Lord, yeah. or even in their pew uh, uh, or um, in their seat, depending on yeah. what kind of sitting arrangement you have yeah. at your church. And just ask God like submissively to like, tell, like yeah. to speak to you and say, this is a time for this for you. Yeah. So that's my I just was throwing that out there. Yeah. I may think of some if you come up with one. Yeah. What would you say? Well, I had some things that I found on the Internet. Um one, there are certain traditions that will um, actually remove the word hallelujah or like other celebratory things from the music Whoa! <laughs> for the weeks leading up to Easter until Easter gets there. So you avoid like hallelujah choruses and things that are upbeat. You go only all stripped down. Depressed. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be a time to do Psalm 88. Hold right. on. Here we yeah. go. I got it. You ready? I don't, I don't think anybody will gig me for this. Um, if I was to go, I'm trading my happiness. I'm taking on my pain. I'm laying, I'm taking it on for the joy of uh, the sorrow of the Lord. <laughs> and we say, no lord no that wouldn't work yeah <laughs> that becomes blasphemous at that point but no i i just think it's funny because uh, though we know the sorrow will last for the night the joy comes eventually after 40 days <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh joy comes around easter yeah. time 
No, but uh, that's interesting. Go on. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is one that I've seen, but like um, for Palm Sunday, the Sunday right before yeah. Easter, mm-hmm. um, or if you have like a Good Friday service, I've seen this before. Um, but if your church is a church that has like an altar with like candles and stuff on it, yeah. you um, end the service by explaining like, hey, we're entering a time of darkness until resurrection happens. So to portray that, we're going to take the altar and we're going to strip it down. And so you have like um, helpers come up, blow out the candles, take everything off the altar, just like strip it completely bare. So it's just an empty table and you like dim the lights down. Mm. No music. Ooh, Everybody leave right. in silence. Just thinking about like what you just saw. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, wait. Did we do this at a church that you and I went to? We we might have tried at okay. one point. I've seen it, though, where it's like absolutely silent and yeah. it's like, whoa, it's like a huge impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Compared to like doing a worship song to end the service yeah. and stuff. Yeah. 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 The weight of it can be palpable yeah. if done the right way. Yeah. So another thing I found online, which actually reminded me kind of of our old church because we would do things like this often. Mm-hmm. But um, it's like kind of building a banner as you go. So you'll add maybe it's a cross or something and you add stuff to it as the weeks go on so that you have oh. something kind of decorative for Easter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, the idea of Easter, it's interesting because I know that the weeks leading up, the Lent time is more of like, what are the things that happen leading up to Jesus' yeah. crucifixion and then his resurrection? And so, <coughs> excuse me. And so the, the thing I would think of would be like, how, how can you put this? Taking those steps with Jesus the same way that yeah. you would take the fasting steps with Jesus. Yeah. You're invited into it. <laughs> so if there's some way to be more actively like thinking about, how can we take these steps that Jesus took? Yeah. But I understand that what's weird is that those 40 days in the desert isn't actually close chronologically to the resurrection as far as like the Bible goes, but it's like, yeah, but, but yeah, but, um, as we prepare for like the Easter season, we are also like, I mean, the the whole idea of the fasting is like preparing yeah. and Jesus was preparing for his ministry. So yeah. it's like, again, another one of those fulfillments of like, a, like the scripture, like the covenant, the way that yeah. it all fits together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm very glad that um, the ancient church thought of this idea and mm-hmm. let there be kind of a time to celebrate that. I think it's really cool. And I hope that we can kind of get more back to the roots of it and I know that some for a lot of people um, like practices can become empty Um, like you know we hear it all the time like I'm just going through the motions or whatever Yeah. but I kind of want to push back against that I used to say that all the time I don't want to just go through the motions Mm -hmm. and you don't like you want it to be full of like meaning and significance but I do think that sometimes like if you are bringing your heart to a kind of a place of emptiness, um, having those, um, those practices, those emotions, sometimes it's all you can do. And sometimes right. it kind of helps get you, get you going back. Um, I remember last spring semester, I was very busy. I was very worn out. Yeah. And, um, I was driving to campus 
and I got caught in traffic for like two hours on I-75. There was like a wreck. And so I missed my first class. And by the time I got to Wilmore, I was like completely spent. Um, and Ooh. I was like, I was like, well, I could go and listen to the last 10 minutes of this class or I can go sit in the library for a bit and kind of recoup. So I go upstairs in the library. There's the spot where there's a comfy chair and I sit down and I just am still and I look out and um, I don't know. It's like the end of winter, beginning of spring. It was Lent time at this point. Sure. And there's this like light fixture outside right in front of the window. And I see this little bird's nest. And so it's like, you know, kind of the signs of life coming back in. And I yeah. thought about like that part in Matthew where Jesus is like, look at the birds of the field. I take care of them. You know, don't worry about your life. And, um, Oh, you're talking about like, do they ever sow seeds and that kind of thing? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I'm like, here's this, like this lamp hanging down from the ceiling and here's a total bird's nest on top of it, where if you're walking around downstairs outside, you'll look up, you wouldn't see it. Cause it's like on the top of the light, right? You would only see it from the place where I was sitting. And I'm just like, yeah, that's God. He's kind of taking care of things behind the scenes where you don't even see it. And so I hope that the feeling that I had at that moment, that's something that we can kind of get out of Lent, where we sit kind of with our grief for a little bit and just recognize that like God's, it might not look like it until Sunday comes around, Mm -hmm. uh, but God is taking care of things. So we can just trust that. All right. I like it. Yeah, it was good. Um, Before we close out, um, why don't you tell, well, we can both talk about what we're about to do after the podcast and we'll talk about it next time. Yeah. So, um, we'll report back on this and, uh, this will have already happened by the time you're hearing this. Yeah. Um, but there's a very important vote happening with the United Methodist general conference, uh, here in a couple weeks. And so there's a prayer service going on, um, through Asbury. Um, we are not on campus tonight, but we're going to live stream at least part of it. And, um, we're going to pray along with them. So, um, if you are inclined to do so, we ask that, um, just pray for the, we're going to pray for the global church, maybe not even just the Methodist church. Um, the church in general, we ask everybody, what's something that, you know, maybe God can renew about it. And, and just we're in a, it's in a rough state right now. Yeah. And so, you know, um, if you're following it, you know what we're talking about. Um, if you're not, um, you still are probably aware that the church needs prayer all the time. And so that's that's what we're hoping to be all about tonight is just praying for our brothers and sisters all around the world. Well, there you go. Anything yeah. else? I think that's it. We Okey-doke. want you all to check us out on Patreon. We've got bonus content up. And we'll continue to put more up there. If you mm-hmm. want to listen to the theme song. Of this yeah. podcast, Flourish, you can check it out. The actual recorded version or, well, what we could call a recorded yeah. version is on there. If you want to listen to our random jam sessions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With really arc. crummy original audio. Yeah. With un- lyrics that came up off the top of our heads most of the time. Unchanged. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think a rough cut of one of your originals that mm-hmm. we haven't really nailed down. Quite one yet. that's coming soon. And, uh, yeah, so join that. It's only $5 a month and you get all this bonus content and we're going to be and adding more stuff like videos and things like that, that you're only going to be able to see when you're on our Patreon. So check it out. 
And also it's going to be very helpful for us to continue to do what we're doing as part of this ministry. If we have a little uh, yep. financial help. So. so check us out on social media, send us a message, tweet at us. Let us know the things that you want us to talk about. Oh yeah. And email us. If you ever have prayer requests, we're totally cool with doing prayer requests on the podcast. Houseplantspodcast at gmail.com. All right. Well, yeah. thanks everybody for listening. Thanks again. We'll see you later. See you.